Well, we've all heard that love is a many splendored thing, right? And we all know that's not necessarily true. But it should never be a questioning or a confusing thing either. Now, I was in a long-term relationship, and I still only half assumed that we were, um, well, good. Hey, so even though I never heard those three words, I love you, you know, we called each other all the time, we hung out, we went on trips, we lived separately, but we were together all the time, you know, we were exclusive. And uh, so, I, yeah, I loved him, and, uh, but I convinced myself that I didn't need to hear those three words that, you know, it was for a younger generation, and, and I wasn't that needy that I needed to be told. And so I convinced myself that that kind of love, that was our own love language, our lack of expressing love. Well, I thought it would be one that we would grow old together speaking. Well, I met this person. I met him at a Facebook comedy group. I was immediately attracted to his wit and his intellect. Uh, He was fun, and he was funny, and, well, he seemed really attracted to me, which was very refreshing. And... uh, We were the same age, and we liked music, we liked theater, we liked comedy, so we seemed to be the perfect match. Seemed to be. And so (laughs) then it, uh, you know, he had been married before, and uh, he was a solo kind of guy, and he didn't want to be alone necessarily, you know. So the most I could say is that we were in like with each other. <laughs> and uh, so we, in the thinking about it, it, I'm thinking that I was more like a therapy dog than a girlfriend. <laughs> oh, now, I don't mean that as a put down to myself or even a dog for that matter. <laughs> No, dogs are great. Dogs are great. They are great teachers on unconditional love. They can be chewing on the best bone in the planet, and you walk in, they're like, yeah! And they drop everything, and they give you all that, all that deserved attention. And that was me. I gave him my undivided attention. So, there it was. And uh, so, we had... Um, like I said, a long-term relationship, and it started out romantic, and then it turned robotic, and then from robotic to platonic. Okay? You feel sad for me now? (laughs) Well, you're more sad after this. It lasted three years that way. Okay, well, that is until he found someone, and then he loudly proclaimed the L word, just not for me, just for someone else. Okay, so how did that happen? Well, you know, some of it might have had to do with my own relationship history, okay, rather than him. I'll give him that. 
I had been married before, and then and that marriage was not so great, and we had a lot of disagreements and confrontations that I learned to shy away from those serious conversations. And I felt unlovable, felt guilty and inadequate, and then I just kind of shied away from any kind of confrontation. And I got confused about what I wanted and what my needs were. And then combine that with the fact that I had parents that were not necessarily in a happy marriage. And so I didn't exactly have a great game plan on what a great relationship was. And I didn't exactly know how to recognize subtle signs, you know, warning signs that were really important. And there were warning signs. I just chose to ignore them. Okay, so when I hear someone say, my boyfriend or my girlfriend, they broke up with me, I didn't see that coming. I thought we were good. I say, I get you. I do, and then I say, you know, really? Maybe you chose not to see the signs or even ask the important questions, okay? I know I didn't. Okay, for example, first, first warning sign maybe. Okay, he never gave me permission to put in a relationship on Facebook. Okay, after six years, if we weren't in a relationship, what were we? Another one is, uh, well, he never, he never saw or met all my children until the last year we were together, and I have six grown children. Okay, you can't have a relationship with someone that you haven't met, right? And I met all his family. I met his children, extended family. I went to all the reunions, the Christmas parties, the special events. It just... He just didn't do the same in return. And then I realized he only shared in parts of my life that he wanted to. And I just didn't let myself see it. Now, this next one, it's going to sound narcissistic, but it isn't. Trust me. And he never told me he thought I was beautiful. Now, you can be the ugliest person on the planet, but you still want to hear from your significant other that you are it, that you are attractive. So I, I never heard it, but I do remember one instance where he actually showed appreciation for my appearance. And it was a day when I just was not feeling good at all. Uh, you know, it's just one of those days where you feel icky, and I was like in sweats, and I like had no makeup. And my hair was all kind of like greasy looking, pulled back in a ponytail. And I had these huge reader glasses on. And I had said, sure, I'll go with you to, to run some errands. So I come out and I'm like this. And I go get into the car and the passenger side and I look over and I go. And he's looking at me with, I want you now. <laughs> I, okay, as he's nodding and he goes... Mm, I like. <laughs> I'm like, really? I mean, no. Normally, something like that would be very sweet, right? Uh, but he didn't say it. 
He didn't say it as, as, as something to make me feel better for looking so crappy. He liked the crappy look. So, and that's a look that I could only obtain like at Halloween or cosplay or something. And then, and then there was the pot roast. Oh my goodness, I didn't know a pot roast could be so telling. So we traveled out of state to go spend the weekend at his mom's. And, uh, well, we were going to stay there, and, and so when we got there, pot roast was on the menu. Oh, we ate it, and it was great. We loved it. And then later on that night, you know, we're in the spare bedroom, and we're all alone, and we're in the dark. And I'm thinking, you know, we're already eight months into this platonic thing. And I'm like, I just think I'll kind of snuggle up for a little. And, I, you know, I'm just going to look for a response, maybe. I got one. It wasn't what I wanted, but I got one. And so, you know, after a little, a little kissing, a little making out, you could hear us, you know, breathing in the, in the dark. And, and in all that excitement for me, I'm, I'm, I'm just imagining in my head, he's going he's gonna to say something so wonderful. And I could just hear him breathing. And I could imagine him, he's going to say, Oh, I, I've missed your touch. Oh, your kisses, they set me on fire. I'll never be distant from you again. Oh, and here it was. He was breathing, and I could hear him taking a breath. And there it was. Those unforgettable words. Man, that pot roast was good. All right. So if, if that didn't do it, there is also, there was this. When we went on our travels, our road trips together, his favorite CD to play was Gordon Lightfoot, uh, which, by the way, we saw on this stage together. Thank you, Gordon, for the memories. Uh, <laughs> so, so Gordon Lightfoot, yes, was his favorite CD, and he would play it. Guess what his favorite song to play was? If you could read my mind. Any Gordon Lightfoot fans out there know the last line goes, and the feeling's gone, and I just can't get it back. I'm not slow. So, well, okay, so finally it clicks. I got to ask some very important questions, but it took me a minute about two million six thousand six six hundred twenty-eight thousand to be exact. And any math students out there? No, that's five years. So I'm going to be subtle with this, and I'm going to sneak it into a conversation. So we're at a favorite deli, and we're we're sitting there, and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, this is the time. I'm actually going to ask questions, and so. I knew he was a Cardinals fan, so I was going to slip it in the conversation like this. I said, wow, wow, the Cardinals, the Cards really knocked it out of the park today. Are we romantically involved? (laughs) The look on his face was, I didn't know we were going to have this conversation. (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, I bet you didn't. (laughs) He says, he stood up and he said, no, we're not romantically involved. And then he left. And then I sat there, and I just stared at his uneaten sandwich for about an hour and a half. (laughs) So pathetic. 
And uh, I had other questions, but that kind of answered it. So, all right, so we're going to fast forward 10 months later. Oh, yes, I'm still hanging on. I'm still hanging on. 10 months later, he knocks at my door, which was uncharacteristic for him. We were going to open a show in a couple weeks. And so he said, oh, I just want to come over and I want to run our lines. I'm like, well, okay, come on in. And so we ran our lines for the show. And then he looks at me with those big blue eyes and he smiles and he says, I got something to tell you. And I'm thinking, yay! After 10 months, I bet he thought about that conversation at the deli. And I bet he changed his answer. I bet we're going to redefine our love relationship. We're even going to go official on Facebook! (laughs) So he looks over at me and he touches my hand and he goes, I found someone and I'm really happy. I mean, and you're really happy? I mean, like, you weren't happy before? I mean, to steal from the wedding singer, that is information I could have used yesterday. You know, when someone says those words to you, it kind of hits you right there in the solar plexus. And you think of all the responses that you want to say, You want to take the high road, but the low road seems so much more satisfying. (laughs) So these responses, they they play out in your head. And so there's like the saintly response that goes, well, isn't that just wonderful? Well, good for you. And then there is the, you know, the, the voice of reason, more objective voice that says, oh, well, that's a surprise. You've not known each other long. Well, are you sure? Well... Okay, (laughs) and then there is the passive, if not sarcastically aggressive, post-primal scream response that says, Well, good for you! I sure hope she likes mom's pot roast! My actual response was silence. And so, there it was. Uh, (laughs) Then, uh, two weeks later, I've got to open that show, and there he comes into the venue with his new girlfriend, 16 years, his junior, with her grown children. Couldn't, couldn't, like, do anything with my children, but he... And they sit in the front row so they could watch our final performance. Oh, that was sweet. That was good times. And then, a couple months later, they were engaged. And then, a couple months later after that, they were married. Well, so good for them. And they got true love. And I got confused. And then I realized... I wasn't the one. You know, I was just the stand-in. I was the understudy. I was the teacher substitute. I was just the one for now until he found the one. And then I realized something else that was very important. It took me a while. But that all that time, I had been wanting his validation. And then I found out all I really needed 
was my own. Now, it took me a long time. <laughs> took me a long time to stop being angry. <laughs> and I don't mean at him. I mean at myself. But then I finally did. And I discovered the greatest relationship takeaway ever. And I'm going to share it. The greatest relationship takeaway ever is this. If he or she loves you, you're going to know it. If he or she doesn't, you're going to be confused. Right? Hmm? I mean, a person, your significant, however, whatever, is not going to leave you in doubt because they're not going to want to risk losing you. Love is never a question. Love is it's an answer. Oh, it's a risk. It's hard work. It's patience. It's sacrifice. But it's also joyful. It's peaceful. It's life-giving. And it's intentional. Okay, I realized that one thing I needed to do that I hadn't done, it was give myself the same amount of love, the same amount of attention and forgiveness that I would give to someone else in a relationship. I needed to love me, and maybe you do too. And so maybe after some healing time, you know, and maybe even after some therapy, I mean, do like Adele did. I mean, take that horrible heartbreak and you turn it into a multi-million dollar recording. (laughs) And so for me, after seven years, my multi-million dollar jackpot takeaway is I want someone who is who is playful, adventurous, monogamous, funny, adorable, kind, who loves me unconditionally. I think I just described myself. (laughs) Hey, I think I'd even date me. (laughs) So in closing, I think you'll be happy to know, I know I am, that I have found that special guy who absolutely loves me unconditionally, right? <laughs> yay. And yay for me. Uh, and, so, and how do I know this? How do, that is so easy. He's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.